We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. It's time for Between the Pipes with Andrew Raycroft. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of my way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow on WEEI. All right, let's get a little pucky here with Gretchen Fourier with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Is our buddy Andrew Raycroft brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow, and by Frank's Red Hot. Visit franksredhot.com for great hockey and football watching recipes. Let's frank it up to the Harbor One hotline. Here's our buddy Andrew Raycroft. Razor, good morning. How are you, friend? Good morning, gentlemen. I am perfect. Wonderful. Well, so are the Bruins, it seems. They go to Montreal. That first line grinds, gets that third goal. They win 4-2. to two. You know, I admit, uh, Razor, I didn't know the full background of Jim Montgomery like before Dallas. I didn't realize that that was kind of a homecoming for him. You're also Canadian, but you played in Boston. What's the state of kind of the Bruins... Canadians rivalry right now well it's it's certainly not at the peak of the 70s or the mid 2000s or the early 2000s like it's it Montreal is not that good so so you need both teams to be good to be at the peak but it still means very much to everybody who has watched those games and knows the history and has watched Hockey Night in Canada and knows all the Hall of Famers between the two organizations. It still means a lot. And even on a Tuesday night in Montreal, that game has more juice than, than most others in, in both cities. So you're not surprised that Montreal played them as, as tough as they did up until the third period? Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a game, you know, everyone's watching. Uh, Montreal played Toronto on Saturday night. That's the same thing. So the Toronto game, the Boston game, those are the two biggest games for the Montreal Canadiens when they go into their building. So there's no question that pride was talked about, tradition was talked about, and, and show up and work hard was talked about. Is it, is it me or is it, does, does everybody – kind of um think that uh Bergeron is from Montreal like every time that game comes up it's like this homecoming and where is he even from no he's from Quebec City so he hated hated the Montreal he would have hated the Montreal Canadiens when he grew up 
just as much as any Boston Bruins fan hates okay. Montreal. So How far away yeah, is do, Quebec City from Montreal? Just It's about a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour okay. drive. So it's, it's not close. It's not far. It's a completely different city. It's a different culture. Quebec City is pure French. Montreal is more global. There's lots of different languages. Quebec City smaller, old city. Uh, very, very different places, and the people are – it's a different culture. It's like New York and Boston people. It's, it's completely different. So I do get the sense that Patrice, is, like, he goes with it, and he doesn't really want to explain it. But I also think he, he's, like, kind of aggravated at times that he has to, like, go along with the fact that, that it's, it's a Montreal. He's like, no, I, I didn't like the Canadians when so, I grew up. So being from Canada, being a Canadian, um, how many Tim Hortons would you pass if you had to drive <laughs> from Montreal, Montreal to Quebec City? Are we talking, like, how do you measure that? Oh, I mean, there's one in every town of at least 500 people. So <laughs> you're so probably, I, I don't know, I'd, three – 300 kilometers away, probably 30. Okay. One every 10 kilometers. That's what I would. If somebody said how long would it take, I said, oh, it's at least uh, 10 Timmies. So, yeah, but now I got to do the kilometers <laughs> to miles translation yeah, now. Now it. I'm lying. I just oh, hate it. I, how, many no, I in the, how, how many were in the bur- burgeoning metropolis of Belleville, Canada? Is really. Oh, let me count. Let me count. One, two, three, four, six, six or seven, three. Three drive-throughs. <laughs> Three drive-throughs. That's great. Yeah, you don't have to get out of your time. Yeah. Those are the ones that are busy oh, yeah. when it gets really yeah. cold up uh-huh. there. Oh yeah, you'll sit in line at a drive-through for for forty-five minutes, like pre like COVID times, to get a coffee and a donut and <laughs> more. All right, let's get uh, back to hockey because the Bruins are going to uh, feel the lightning tonight down in Tampa Bay. Uh, just from the betting line, Razor, relatively even. How do you see tonight's matchup? Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Tampa Bay is the second-best team in the NHL, of course, behind the Boston Bruins at home. They're going to be – this is a measuring stick game for them. Both teams kind of go – like playing the Montreals is great, but they're not a great team. Um, so both of these teams get excited to play each other because there's not a lot of competition for either one. So this weekend's going to be awesome. The Bruins play in Tampa tonight, Florida, Carolina, and then Toronto. It's a great way to go into the break for ultra-competitive games for the Bruins. So it's going to be a lot of fun tonight, and I think the Bruins, will, they're going to need their best to win. They're not going to be able to kind of cruise through the first half of the game and see what happens. They're going to need to go right away. Hey, let me follow up with what version of Tampa Razor are we going to see because I know they're always circumventing the salary cap because some guy's got a season-long injury, and then miraculously he's been skating for three weeks and ready to go in the playoffs. So what version of Tampa will we see tonight? Is this the regular season version or the actual potential playoff version of the Lightning? Well, so roster-wise, all the big boys are in the lineup. All right. Tampa, so so we're going to see everybody. We'll see Stamkos and Vasilevsky and and Kucherov. We're going to see everybody, but... There still is a sense with the playoff success that Tampa's had that they do put it in cruise control through the regular season. They have a different gear come April, but again, I think we see closer to that gear tonight than what we would if it was Tampa Bay versus Columbus. Do, do Do you do the whole power rankings thing? Do you believe in that when it comes to oh, really any sport? Let's see, if you take just like the NHL, it's obvious that the Bruins are number one. And if you look at some of the other teams, 
just off the top of my head, like, you know, the Lightning would be one, maybe uh, the probably the Devils. Like, is there a – how big is the gap between number one and then from, like, two to three? You know, with the, is it a massive gap? Because I'm just looking at the, the record of the of the Lightning. It's not that different than the Bruins. No, it isn't. Uh, so, so the Bruins in in pro sports terms, it's a it's as big of a gap as the NHL seen in a long time. The difference, but I would say the next, I would put Carolina, Tampa, Toronto, who are three of the four games they're going to play in the in the next week. Those are the three next best teams, and at power ranking wise, those aren't being separated by anything. To be honest, you could put any one of those teams number two, three, and four, and and I would be okay with that. So, so certainly Tampa's in that mix where they're dangerous. They can win every single night they go on the ice. Andrew Raycroft of Neston, and of course right here at WEEI, breaking down pucks with Gresh and Fourier. I know the folks at ESPN did some, yeah, they've been talking about all the amazing numbers connected to the Bruins, and then they hit a couple different questions, and one I want to throw by you, who has been the Bruins MVP to this point? <sighs> I, I, Linus Allmark, I, I think the numbers are just so crazy. 25-2-1 is it's, it's bananas. And obviously, David Pasternak's right behind him. Campus Lindholm's right behind them. And those, so those three guys, and, and you could put David two or you could put David three, but, but I'm going to take Linus Olmark just because his numbers goaltending-wise as well, his save percentage, his expected goals against really deep-dive analytics are – there's a huge – canyon between him and number two so it's been absolutely dominant so you know we've been talking about you know this Bruins team being the fastest team to 80 wins in NHL history and I feel like they're on pace for like 140 some some crazy number which would also be the fastest first or the most points in NHL history do you think that's something that they should shoot for do you think those those type of numbers those type of first ever NHL history type statements is something that they should shoot for? Not necessarily. No, I I think they should try and win every game. I mean, that's pro sports. You're supposed to try and win every single game. I think these games, I think, but what we're going to, I guess the question is, are they going to play their full roster the last two weeks of the season and play Patrice Bergeron 24 minutes a night to try and get an extra two points to try and beat uh, an NHL record? No. I, I No, I don't think they should do that. No, I don't think they'll do that. But if they can win the game, yeah, we'll try and win the game. But no, I don't, come February, come or sorry, come late March, after the deadline, into April, you're going to rest as best as you can to be ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs game one. And, and if that means you take an L here or there and don't quite get to the all-time record, I think what they've done up until this point, is historic no matter what. This is going to be a team that everybody in Boston talks about for the next 50 years. You're going to reference this Bruins team and this start as the best maybe ever. And I think that's okay with them. You don't necessarily need the stats at the end of the season because you can say, listen, they were – they were they pulled up a little bit at the finish line to, to be able to save the juice for the playoffs. Yeah, so what would you consider to be, um, I guess, the, the you know, if you ask me the best team ever in, in the NFL, people point to the, you know, the Dolphins' undefeated season. The, maybe, maybe they even point to the Patriots, that one loss. 
um, undefeated regular season team. Like, who would you say universally is known as the best ever NHL hockey team? I think I think universe. If you went like of all ages, all across all yeah, generations, sure. you're going to the Montreal Canadiens of the '70s, and then probably the Edmonton Oilers mm-hmm. in the '80s, and then the Detroit Red Wings in the early 2000s. That that's my list. I probably put the Red Wings because I actually played against those teams and actually saw those teams. Those are a little higher up, but but that's that that lore of. Uh, the Canadians in the 70s, well, as a Canadian guy, again, back to that Tim Horton sitting around having a coffee, everyone talked about the 70 Canadians when, when I was growing up, the dynasty and all the Hall of Famers. And then, of course, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Paul Coffey, all those Hall of Famers, that was the other one. So uh, I, those three teams are, are right there at the top because they did it for a few years as well. And the Penguins came up short in the 90s because Mario couldn't hold it together, but another story for another time. That was my <laughs> childhood in watching Mario Lemieux. Razor, I know we talked about Tampa. You mentioned the home record. We kind of clowned around about the way they treat the postseason and how they've managed their roster. But as you see it shaping up right now, before we get into trades and anything like that, who's the Bruins' biggest challenger in the East? I think it's Carolina. I think Toronto will produce some issues with their ability to score goals. But Tampa Bay and Toronto are basically locked in to play each other in the first round. So one of those teams you're not going to see. Guaranteed. There's no chance of seeing one of those teams. And But I think what we saw in the playoffs last year, Carolina is built for a big, heavy, strong game. Uh, but certainly the Bruins were able to take them to seven games last year without a Hampus Lindholm, and I would. there's nobody that's going to tell me that this team isn't better than last year's team. So in those respects, you still have to feel good about it, but as of today, I'm, I'm taking Carolina and then probably the Maple Leafs. I Razor, who gets the tickle trunk treatment this week? Brandon Carlo is going into the tickle trunk, fellas. Ah. I, I think he's been a little under the radar as far as how well he's played, certainly in the last two months. He played over 20 minutes against Montreal the other night. Any of these lockdown games, he's, a, he's, a, he's automatic over 20 minutes. I love his game right now. I think he's doing a great job closing out and, and defending really well. So I'm putting Carlo in the... In the tickle trunk, still no negativity coming this way. There's nothing mm. to nothing to nitpick yet, still for me. Oh, right. but next Thursday, not only are we going to put the oh. sort of front uh, or uh, first half of the season a little more than that to bed, we get Razor's thoughts on the All Star Game, and the reason I didn't want to ask him this week is because Raycroft Hot Fire, I feel it hot coming fire. up, talking about the All Star Game. All right, good. Oh, I, Looking forward to I it. Can't wait to rip it. I can't wait to rip it. <laughs> well, you so got to wait. You got to wait a week, friend. Hey, we appreciate the uh, the knowledge. Thank you, brother, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. All right, guys. Thank right, you. See you. There goes uh, Andrew Raycroft with us on the Harbor One Hotline, and uh, Amber Thirty Seven in the Twitch chat is so happy. Before Razor even came on, you got to ask him about Brandon Carlo. Sure enough, the tickle trunk took care of it. So there we go. That the Brandon, I guess the uh, the lead member of the Brandon Carlo fan club, his mom. Was, uh, well, I, it's uh, Amber Thirty Seven, and I'm gonna guess he's the one who texts in as well out of the six oh three to be like, "Come on, you got to ask about Carlo. I need to hear uh, the good stuff." Um, what did Heim Bloom say now? 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. What did she say? Time Bloom out talking to, well, the baseball literati. 11.23, Gresham Foyer here with you. Lunchtime parlay coming up. Foyer's in, I'm so in, it'll baby. be a, a four-leg parlay today. So you'll get a little more value for your 10 bucks. We will get to that, but uh, uh, look. I Let's keep, keep ger- beating the horse. No, no, Just no. Keep no, beating no. It. Here, here's the thing. I'm trying to think of, of, of what I want to say and the right way to say it. The polite because, way to say it? Um, you know, I think... Uh, when I someone don't, just I don't want to say John Heyman is an enemy of the state. However, people don't like the guy. They lead the witness a little bit. Yeah, and uh, you know Joel Sherman. I don't know him. I think these guys have the personality of mops. I really do. However, but in this case, it's irrelevant. They do a baseball podcast yeah. where they talk to baseball people who say baseball things. And Heim Bloom was the guest on this uh, most recent edition of their podcast, the Whatnot Hour, whatever it's called. <laughs> the Whatnot uh, Hour, I have no or idea. I have whatever, Someone should right. name a show the Whatnot, the whatnot hour, hour or whatever it's called. That's it. That you know that what? should be the entire title of the when, show. When we know it's <laughs> when we know it's like going to the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. Final hour on Fridays. It's the Whatnot Hour. We'll <laughs> it's actually more it. simple than that. It's just called the show. Are you serious? See, it's just actually, called the show. I actually MLB hate them the for show. that. Yeah. It's like, come on, like just have a little bit of creativity. No, the beauty is is in how simple it is. Well, dork and dork and dork, I guess, might have been taken. Well, the dork podcast, by the way, Rich Keefe hosts that. Get it at weei.com. Uh, so, uh, right. All right, so here's the thing with this. So <sighs> I would say that I'm having a very hard time. Okay, well, hold on. Uh, let me let me jump in real quick Please. because when I look at the, when I listen to this, I actually listened to it twice. It's amazing. That's how long my commute is. I listened to it twice because I was trying to read between the lines. I was trying to kind of find some sort of... Is that amazing? I listened to you this listen show to twice. It twice. You, yeah, audio, you were amazed by this. You audio zapruder this yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. And I and I called you. I was like, God, did you did you find anything? Did you... Nah, I kind of, you know, listened to it real quick. I mean, I listened to it twice. I do feel like he's a little bit more comfortable with in these type of situations oh, it's like these are friendly like these are friendly guys there's it's not combative i don't think they were trying to trip him up i didn't think they were trying to catch him in a lie so i do think 
he was a little bit more forthright and honest as much as yeah. he can be. The guard was down. Yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah, All right, like, fair enough. So that's what I would say about it. Uh, because I do think there is a question coming out of this about if you're a fan, can you continue to take Heim Bloom at face value? Here is Heim Bloom on this uh, Sherman Heyman podcast pumping up you the fans you know first of all about our fans like our fans are awesome yeah that was that was intense on friday night i had a blast at winter weekend like you know i knew what was coming in that town hall i knew the environment it was <laughs> let me tell you like they're locked in they have really good questions even after that town hall you know we were getting ushered off the stage and people wanted autographs and selfies whatever i could have stayed and done that for an hour i talked to hundreds of fans over the course of that weekend a lot of them you know opinions all over the place but they know baseball they know baseball. You know, some of them were in my corner. Hey, don't listen to them. Love what you're doing. Some of them weren't and said, I don't really love what you're doing, but that was uncalled for. It was all over the place. Some of them want to know why this guy, not that guy in November when we set our 40 man roster, you know, what's up with this prospect? What's up with that free agent? The bottom line is that like baseball matters so much here. I've lived it all. Like to me, every experience, I've lived the small market experience too. That was a great experience. I wouldn't trade it in. Every experience has its own attributes. But I'm having a, I'm having a blast here. Like I, I, we our whole hearts are in what we do. This is a place where you know that that is actually matched by the way all the fans engage with the team. And yeah, when we lose, like people are going to be pissed. They should be. We are too. That's just how it is. You know, we're going to be harder on ourselves than anybody's going to be on us. So it's just nice to feel that it matters, and nice to feel it backed up by everybody who's out there. And we know that they, when when we earn it back, they are going to be here for us and making this place a hell of a tough place to come into uh, if if you're an opponent. And we know that's there for us Somebody when cut we go out off. and earn it. Cut them off already. Uh, cut them off. Stop talking. I should have worn my boots today. You're just shovel all the, all the crap that oh, he's throwing at you. Word. Oh, they're just wading through it, isn't he? Okay, so just real quickly then, Gresh. I'm sure he loves Believe, sitting there getting so booed. Is that, yeah, I mean... Stop. That is, uh, I don't even know. I don't even have the vocabulary to. to you know, you know, once they get is. booed, bad guy pro wrestlers. They want the crowd to boo them. But Heim Bloom got booed because fans think he's not good at his job. Yeah. So to me, um, do I really believe he's like, oh man, man? I, you know what? I love the fact that they're passionate. I love the fact. You know, listen. There's a lot of stupid questions fans have. Hey, just sign everybody. Sign Aaron Judge. Sign sign Mookie Betts. Sign everybody. They just. They don't care about how it's done or what you need to look out for or how much money you have or what issue. They, oh, why don't you do this? I don't believe him. I think he does an excellent job of taking the high road, and he high roads everybody. That doesn't mean he's a bad guy. I think that's just his defense mechanism. That's just how he handles it. He just said he greenlights it. He's like, yeah, you know, listen, come on, bring it on. Yeah, right. I'm, you're passionate. You know, <laughs> go ahead. The Twitch chat is just all over this. Gina says, uh, smarmy politician. Uh, and the, hold on, nobody asked for his autograph. Stop. <laughs> Some of those as well. It, it does. It sounds, he's very buttoned up. Like, I give Heim Bloom credit. There are some people who don't present well, and then there are some people who walk into the room and they can kind of be a chameleon and sort of blend in with anybody and understand how to talk to people. But now you're getting to the point of the trust of the fan base. And it's the whole, okay, we get it. We sort of see what you're doing. And there are not a lot of people that are willing to be patient as Heim Bloom is. And in fact, for you Red Sox fans who don't want to be patient – 
Maybe Heim Bloom can convince you because here he sells everybody on the roster and the talent because Joel Sherman brought up, hey, you got a couple of guys here and there, but sort of where's the talent? We knew it was going to take time to really repopulate the young talent. We've had a couple guys, uh, you know, come through this organization uh, that are headed to our big league roster that and really have already joined our big league roster that we expect really great things out of. We've had some young players come up here also and, and take their lumps. Uh, that is going to happen in any in any situation. We need to keep adding to that talent base. Look, if you told me three years ago, you know, three years out, uh, you're going to be in a situation where you have a vastly improved farm system. You have a lot of under control young pitching on your major league roster. And oh, by the way, you almost went to the World Series once in that time. You know, I, I, I would think you we were right on track. Uh, obviously, you know, that was a year ago. We didn't we didn't build on that in 2022, uh, at least not in terms of our major league results. We have to own that. But, you know, just <laughs> stepping back from it, compare the talent and, and the upside of the young arms that we have now with what was here three years ago, the arms that are on the roster, uh, the arms that are coming. I mean, you mentioned a couple of young pitchers and left off the one that I think most of the industry would, would probably, you know, have out in front of those guys. And obviously, all of them will determine, you know, who ends up where in that pecking order. Uh, but we feel really good about that, and and now it's on us to to keep pushing that crop of position players up uh, to surround Rafi and, and help us on that side of the ball as well. Uh, I'm learn something about Boston. What is it? What should he learn? Learn something about this city when you're coming off of a last place performance, even if you went to the ALCS the year before. Don't slide in there. Well, by the way, almost went to the World Series. Oh, don't forget that. Because you know what Red Sox fans hear? They remember you didn't get there, number one. And number two, when you say it, if the Red Sox had won 86 games last year, right? And maybe they were a hard luck, missed the playoffs with a decent record. Fine. Then slide that in there off of a last place performance where it was, let's be real, an auto disaster at times. And you slide in the whole, hey, but you know what? Two years ago, we almost went to the World Series. It's almost like the reminder to validate himself to everybody else that, oh, by the way, we weren't that far off. And what you did was remind everyone how, all right, maybe you weren't that far off, but in a year and a half, you've done nothing to retain your ability to try to win at that level. Good grief. <clears throat> well, I, here's the thing. So there is um, if <laughs> this, that, that boy's your doesn't Well, it? you know why? It, it and and I think it might have even been said on this radio station with Dan Duquette with the whole well we spend more days in first place than anyone else in the division. Yeah. That's what that feels like. And oh, by the and, way, you almost went to the World Series once in that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what's happened since? <laughs> Just filling the back of the britches. You better have your depends on because you're filling them up. It's not the time to slide that in there. No, I know, but there is. There is this um, idea that let's not forget, you know, what this team has accomplished compared to the other teams in the division. If you want to compare them, if you want to just like, you know, it's almost like, hey, why are you guys picking on us and yelling at us? Look what we have done compared to the other teams the last 20 years in this division mm. with multiple people running the team. So just have patience, be calm, 
deal with it. We'll be back. That that is that is what I hear from them. And in reality, if you really to take your emotions out of it, I kind of agree with it. There's other cities and there is other teams that are run poorly that try to win uh, World Series that can't that get close or spend the money in the wrong situation. The, the problem is is that the, the fans here are so spoiled, they're so arrogant and they're so impatient that it doesn't really matter unless they see a guy like Dombrowski roll in and just add, 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 and spend, 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 and to almost guarantee they don't have the ability to wait for a guy like High and Bloom. I'm not saying that I agree with like the way he's kind of portraying everything, mm-hmm. but it is interesting like because that's why they booed him. Like That's why he's booing them. So to, on, on, on one half, Sinner go, well, you know, I mean, has he proven? Does he have like a – like a, a short sample size of success other than that that one year when they you know when they came two games away from going to the World Series? Does he get credit for that at all? So he's been here technically three years. Right. Out of the three years, he made the playoff once. We're and now, the other two years were last place finishes. We're now getting more of the real bloom plan because it takes a while for all of that to happen. Whatever his repopulate the organization. That was key. That's that's a that was such a key like little interesting. Sneak, let me sneak word. that in there. That's where it's political. That not political in nature, but that's where it's sad. That's where he sounds like a politician. This when is baseball. It's not supposed to be easy. No, it isn't. But oh man, here. The standards are a little different. Like when it's you went to the uh, ALCS, it's how do you follow it up? And it wasn't followed up very well. And I really think maybe the worst secret around the Red Sox is that ultimately Kike Hernandez is going to be the full-time shortstop. And here is Bloom on Kike. He is dead certain that he is going to be just fine. Super excited about the opportunity. Uh, having watched him play a little bit over there, I have no doubts that he can handle it. Obviously, he hasn't done it as a starter for a full season. And look, we'll see how things unfold. Obviously, it's our responsibility to build as much depth, as many options as we can. There's no one player who should be shouldering all the load for this team. You you need to build a roster that fits together is part of why we went out and 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 got Mondesi. But I have no doubt his physical ability over there at the position. He'll show you everything you need. It's part of why we liked him two years ago. It's part of why we jumped out to extend him this summer is because you could argue this guy is a plus defender everywhere on the field, but catcher, and he'd probably tell you he could do that too. The thing that that stands out beyond the physical ability is just the head for the game that he has, the instincts. That's so important at that position because uh, you really put in positions where you have to know what to do with the baseball. And this guy really, really sees the game well. Part of what made him such a good outfielder, he's been a good infielder in the past. He understands the game, and it's one of those positions where instincts are so important. He's also, I, I think, really behind the scenes and maybe a little bit out front, taking much more of a leadership role this offseason, which is also what you want to see uh, at that position. So, you know, obviously we're going to continue to build uh, as deep uh, and as good and as functional of a roster as we can, uh, but we feel really good about him over there yeah. uh, and in line to take that opportunity. Well, he is on a friend's podcast. Uh. You know, it, it was a lot. The only thing that stood out to me that was just the very end. That's it. Because if I was to ask you who is now the, uh, you know, um, the, the leader, the leader, and you can't give me a pitcher because I don't think pitchers can be leaders on a baseball team. They don't work enough days. They work one day out of six or seven, whatever the hell it is. So who would be the guy? Because it's not Devers. And usually your best player, your best player needs to be the leader. 
Like he needs to be that guy and the highest paid player because a lot comes with that, and it's not going to be Devers. He's not ready for it. So who is it? And it's not Trevor Story because he's not even playing. You can't tell me it's it's not Verdugo, it's not Adam Duvall, not any of these new guys. It has to be Hernandez. It has to be. It's the only person who's going to have an idea of what needs to be said and how it needs to be said when things get get rough. Mm, so what? So who will lead the other sixty games that he's hurt? Well, that's a good point. Also, that's the one thing about Kike Hernandez. Yeah. Again, since he's been here, 134 games in 2021, 93 games last year in 2020 with the Dodgers in the shortened season, played 48 games. And that's the thing that I wonder. It's like, okay, great. It's good that there is someone on the roster who does have some veteran experience to be able to try to pick that up. And then what happens when he gets hurt? Well, uh, oh, by the way. Well, who who jumps in when he does get hurt? Who's your starting shortstop then? Well, no, this listen. Even in the beginning, when when he there is this whole like oh, in the glasses, uh, you know, there's not a doomsday scenario. He mentions a lot of the young players, and one and the one name he didn't mention was Bayo. Okay, Bayo. So so now Bayo is supposed to be this this you know this uh, lockdown every you know a starter through it throughout the entire season. And when people call, he seems to think that he has more talent than people give him credit for. Because when people call, they probably all ask for the same guys. It's either Bayo, Hauk, Hauk is the other the guy. Where it That's it. So yep. okay, so he feels pretty good about it. You know, he mentioned Whitlock in there also, and there's probably some other guys that maybe we're not thinking of. But to me, it still it still feels like I don't care how much you try to build this team up, they still feel like a last place team. I'm kind of with you on that. It feels that way, and even if everything comes together and people don't get hurt and they play great. I don't really know what the ceiling is for this group if it all works. However, Gary in the car thinks Heim Bloom is ahead of the curve. Gary, your regression for you. All right. Well, how's it going, guys? But I think that what he's planning on, and I think it is a long-term plan. I think I don't particularly like it. I definitely want him to get Otani. I'm big on the Otani train. But if you look at the rule changes and the guys he's getting, I know you guys don't really know like Adalberto Mondesi or Ray Maltapia, but those are speed guys. And if you look at the changes with not being able to throw over first, the difference is there. Guys that get on base and can steal bases are going to become like doubles hitters. And I think power hitters are going to kind of decrease in value as compared over the last few years because these guys who can get on base have a huge advantage to steal bases. Stolen bases is going to be a big difference this year. Gary, you're, I, think I, I think you're right. And and the thing about bringing in those speed guys is not that it's going to turn, and I described it as we're not going to turn into National League station-to-station station baseball per se. However, you're right. This is where this team has got to steal runs, let's say. In the world of football, we always hear about hidden yardage, Right. Hidden yardage is a killer. Bill Belichick has harped on that for 30 years, and that's why you want to be great on special teams because little things like that, field position, it all kind of adds up. The The Red Sox are going to have to be great base runners this year, and they're going to have to be good in certain situations, and we know Alex Cora can manage that way. So I, I think from the strategy end, Gary has nailed it. Can they go out and execute that? That really becomes the question. I don't think they're going to become, you know, a bunch of slaps out there where you're just hitting the ball on the ground and trying to beat it out. But there is no question 
that speed is going to be a part of the way the Red Sox are going to try to play this year for better or worse. So there we go on Heim Bloom. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Get the show at Gresh Fourier, W E E I. Christian's very easy at Christian Fourier. Mine is easy as well at The Real Gresh, G R E S H. Gresh and Fourier on Instagram for you to be able to get all of the uncomfortable videos of Christian before the show <laughs> and an occasional fart thrown in there. Hopefully, we're not a giant wet fart with a lunchtime parlay, which is next. W-E-E-I. Love E-E-I, W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England Sports Original. Watch us, love us. Just follow W-E-E-I on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I. Oh, boy, it's a special day on the lunchtime parlay because Foyer is in, therefore jacking up the odds with the old four-leg parlay. That's gamble. That's gamble. Yesterday, oh, so close. The the Pelicans did us no love, Terp, right? No love. Pelicans horking us for crying out loud. Uh, Lakers covered against the Spurs. Wizards covered against Houston. And we just missed out on uh, a little over a cool 50 bucks. But now it is time to get into the lunchtime parlay. So, Foyer, why don't you go first? Sure, I'll go first. And it's not going to, people aren't going to be happy about it, but that's fine. I'm going to take the Lightning. Uh, I'm going to take the Money Line. Lightning over the Bruins. Over the Bruins. Uh, this could be. Not for any other reason, and, and I think the main thing is, like, the, the the Bruins are an obvious statement win for everybody now. They're a measuring stick for everybody. We had Razor on. He talked about that being a measuring stick for the Lightning. Hey, they're the best team in the NHL. They do everything great. They have lots of depth. I mean, they're resilient. They have a late-game, uh, you know, heroics. They have a great goalie. They have a great coach. I mean, talk about trying to... You know, measure yourself up against the events against uh, against one of the best teams in the NHL. This would be your opportunity, and you're playing them at home. So I would take the Lightning, even though the Bruins um, are as good as they are. This is what I would do. Wow. Yep. Take the Bruins. I mean, take so the Lightning. Look at you going against the family. How Feel about pretty good that? about that? Wow. This is a sleep, this is a sleep at night pick, guys. Oh Come really? On. This is it again. Just uh, like the just like the the Celtics over the Heat. Well, all right, let's not go down that road. Uh, Billy, what do you got today? Celtics return home, facing the Knicks. Give me the uh, Celtics to win by eight, snapping their two-game losing streak. All right, so Celtics covering that eight. Depending on where you are, it's eight, eight and a half. Uh, Good luck in shopping for that one. Doesn't really alter uh, very much at all if it's uh, eight or eight and a half. Terp, what do you have, babe? Mavericks are kicking off a road trip in Phoenix tonight. They've lost seven of their last nine. Meanwhile, Phoenix starting to get hot. They've won four straight, getting healthy. Cameron um, Cameron Johnson and Chris Paul are back. So give me the Suns on the money line. They've won four straight. So I'm going to go with the Suns. Keep riding that trend. Hey, well, I'm going to stay in the NBA like uh, Terp and Billy. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, eight and two in covering first halves in the last ten games. They're in Charlotte. I expect the Bulls to get off to a good start. Give me the Bulls minus three in the first half at Charlotte. Skinny line. It's Bulls by six. Cut it in half. Give me first half with the Bulls. So you got Bulls minus three in the first half. You got the Celtics covering over the Knicks. You got the Suns on the money line. You got the Lightning on the money line as well. 
Foyer, how about this? For $10, just $10, ladies and gentlemen, your return on this parlay, $120.45. A multiple of 12 for your $10 wager for the Gresh and Fourier Lunchtime Parlay. You can find the Lunchtime Parlay at Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I, on Twitter. Uh, you can also we'll make sure to get it up. It's at uh, my Twitter as well, at The Real Gresh and all that. So there it is, out and about there for the Lunchtime Parlay. And, of course, next Tuesday it is, right? So the day Adam Jones starts here at W-E-E-I right. is the day that the brick-and-mortars can start accepting bets over at Encore and yeah. BetMGM, and I'm, I'm assuming Plain Ridge will be in on that yeah. as well, and we'll see what happens down the old dog track. So the, the coverage of this is is pretty interesting to me. Just when I watch, like, local news, when I watch, like, uh, people, like, heading over to the casinos and with the with the backdrop of uh, the sports book and the TV, like at the MG, like at Encore, they, you know, they had that, that beautiful sports book over there, and they're building a new one, by the way. Um, Wait, I thought they just built a new they one. They just built it, but they're building a new one. Yeah, they're adding a bunch of restaurants. They're just, listen, they got a lot oh, of so money. Oh, they're expanding over there? Yeah, they're going to make it bigger. Oh. So the sports book they have right now, it's, money it's awesome. Money money. Listen to this guy. It just, money it just, bags foyer knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it is interesting. I don't think people, I'm curious how this is going to play out. So they've basically been teasing this for years, mm-hmm. years and years and years, so resistant to it. People have been jonesing for this forever. So there is going to be like this unbelievable just people who never gambled in their life are going to gamble, right? They're going to gamble. Maybe. Like, don't you think? Like, let me just let me just play around and see what it's like. I've heard that they're, they're having trouble like keeping up with teaching people at the window how to – to how take to wager. bets, yeah. How like, to... hey, listen. So they don't even know, right? Whenever you there's walk a... up, there's normally a number associated with it. So and the you people make the who are responsible for accepting your bet, they don't know. Well, they they know a certain way. It's kind of like teaching offense. <laughs> you know things a certain way, and then someone comes up to the window, and instead of using the number system like they're supposed to, you know, hey, I want. 50 bucks on uh, 105 Celtics minus whatever so they can go to the game and they can find it and all that stuff. It's like uh, it's like ordering a cheesesteak in Philadelphia, with or without. You know what I mean? You say it wrong, they kick you to the back of the line. It's all the education going on. And I think really, I'm, I'd be really curious to see how many people are going to take time out of their day to physically go to a brick and mortar to place their wages. Well, I also think the other... Because to the north and the south, all you got to do is grab your old phone. Yeah. I do think it'll be interesting because the other aspect of this is I do think novices can be pretty intimidated. Like, so if if you go... Oh, definitely. So if you go to, like, a cannabis store, okay, you ask them, hey, I can't sleep at night. What do do you recommend? They are just knowledgeable. Oh, yeah. They can just... And they sit there and they talk with you and they do this. and Okay, so, you know, know, they explain everything to you. Right, they're almost like doctors, but they're not. Um, suddenly, potheads are like you know, <laughs> like the most important person in the world right now when it comes to you know helping you sleep. You go there. I don't feel like it's going to be the same thing. I don't think they're going to be. So let me tell you, what is the money line? What if I? What's a prop bet? Honest- you can just see some guy in the back going, "Lady, will you hurry up?" Yep. What no, are you doing? What a- do you mean you don't know what the money line is? Just pick a stinking team already. It's like playing craps. 
There's so many things. It's like, oh my God, what there's do I do? Many, what do I, it's too much stimulation. Well, that's the and I I wonder how motivated the degen gambler, right? The the person who is doing something every day. And when I say degenerate, I'm not talking about somebody betting tens of thousands of dollars every day. But maybe you got five bets across the board for 250 bucks, and it keeps you interested in watching the games at night. You know, it's somebody who is a consistent better, someone every day. How many times are they really going to be motivated to get in their car, drive to where they want to go, initially pick their casino, well, go? And initially, you're right, there'll be that surge. But then there is the education, those brick and mortars, being able to get their digital properties out there for people to consume. We still have a long way to go in all See, of this. The thing with me is, like, I, you know, I, I would go to Vegas all the time, and I never once placed a bet on any games. Like, never. Yeah. I never placed any bets. So, if you're a gambler, like, you'll make time to to make sure you can get it in. If you're not, eh, what's? I'm not really missing anything. The mobile side of it will be to me the real indicator of how addicted people will get with this. I will say this, though. Uh, having the extensive knowledge down at, at, at Bally's and Twin River and their Sportsbook Rhode Island app, but also their brick and mortar, there are still people who do show up there every day, and they have those kiosks to where a lot of those people, they'll be like, oh, line's too long, go to the kiosk, bink, bank, bunk, and then they're going downstairs to play whatever. You know, I know we're going to break, but the one thing, so last time uh, Lou and I did a show down at Twin, River, Twin Rivers years ago Yep. Uh, when they first opened, I made this bet, and I won. But I didn't know, I, mean, I had already left before the game was over, and I realized that I won. I still actually still have that ticket. That's my issue. Once I win, I actually, I got to find time to make an excuse to drive all the way down there to pick up my money. Don't you live right there? No, it's not. Cl- my point is, it's not close. It's a half an hour. It's not like it's. Oh, let me go get my hundred and twenty dollars. Like, oh, uh, well, I'm gonna wait till I'm right next to us. Listen, I, so I, I, so I have to tell you, give it to me. I'll go cash it for you. I'll take a little fee. I'll give you the rest. What is the Gresh pickup fee? Uh, what percentage are we talking uh, about? Ten bucks. So basically, oh. it's like a week's worth of okay. coffee. Right oh. there, you go. There you go. I'm normally at did two bucks a coffee. Really? So give me a ten spot. I'll go cash it for you. You can get your long-awaited winnings. <laughs> Good lord! Uh, I think it's in my. I, I legit now you think it's find in my wallet. The ticket, don't it's, you? And I just yeah, you know what? I just See, got now, a new wallet for the first time in like twenty years. Do they expire the tickets? You know what? I Some, think they might. Sometimes do they? they do. Normally they after might. a year, it's like I, a gift uh, certificate. Well, no. What uh, I, you know what? That's, that's a pretty good poll. <laughs> so what are you doing? You find the gift certificate in 2016. Oh, I can still go there. Oh, they closed. Ah, damn it. This gift certificate. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. Well, then it really though, expired. Then it's really expired. <laughs> Celtics are going to take on the Knicks tonight. Are, are the seas setting up Joe Missoula to fail in a way or to be the scapegoat? Forey and I will get into the seas and the bees and Missoula next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.